Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Theo from Jamestown Boot Camp in Jamestown, North Dakota. What's up, Theo? How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Of course. All right. So let's waste no time getting into the details here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? So a few years ago, I didn't really like know what I wanted to do. And then if you would like, my uncle just asked me like, what do I like to do? And I like to work out. I like to hang out with a good amount of people and I like don't want to work for somebody. So I figured owning a gym was a good place to go. And mm-hmm. so then I started training and training. And then uh, a few months after this gym had opened, like we opened in October, the owner was like, hey, would you like to own it? I'm thinking about selling it. And now here I am. Okay, awesome. Love that. So found something that you'd like to do. Didn't want to work for anybody else, wanted to be your own boss. And then eventually things kind of ended up working out for you there as far as acquiring your own facility. So that's awesome. Now, what does your business model look like currently? Are we doing um, group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? How are you structuring things within the business? So right now they're all group classes. I write all the workouts we would like, and I program all of those and um, we bring them in. First class starts at 5 a.m. And then we run classes till about 8, 7, 45. And then we have some lunch classes and then we have evening classes for people that are able to do it after work. And that's when they come in, have a good time. We uh, show them like all the workouts and modifications that they may need. And then we turn up the music and get going. Awesome. Love that. All right. So now, um, how many, how many members are you currently serving at the facility? Right now we have about 150. 150. Okay. And so you've been open since October of 2021? Yes. Okay. All right. And you just took over the facility about, was it about a month ago or? Um, so I've been kind of running it because um, Matt was training me in and I started to start to take off with that because I picked okay. up things pretty quick usually. And then from there, I became the official owner, I think on like February 5th. Okay. And we just awesome. announced it to everybody like last week. That's so exciting. Okay, cool. Um, so now definitely some things I want to touch on there, but now as far as your marketing goes and getting the word out there about the facility and what you do, how are you going about doing that? So like most of our marketing happens on Facebook. We have a marketing team that uh, the owner was using who like they open like the first like bootcamp style that we have. And then like, a, there's a couple owners still, and he does like the marketing for all of them, I believe. And so that we do challenges and we use Facebook ads. And now we're starting to pick up to where people are starting to like call me and hit me up on Facebook saying, Hey, how do I sign up for a class? Awesome. Okay. All right. So you have a, is it a, a marketing company that you're using for the ads on Facebook? Yes. And then I do some of it myself too. Got it. Okay. All right. And how many new faces are you seeing per month currently with the advertising that you're doing on average, would you say? 
So on average with the advertising, you'd probably get, depends on if we're doing a challenge on a month where we're not doing a challenge, it's probably like 20 or so. And if we do a challenge, you can usually get like 30 people to sign up for a challenge. Okay. In a month. Um, yes, I think so. But then we also yeah. have like, yeah. Okay. All right. Absolutely. So is this, uh, something that they're coming in for, um, like a, a certain time frame and then converting, hopefully converting into a longer term membership after that, when they come in for a challenge? Yes. I think somebody's at my door. I'll... One sec. Sorry about that. Yeah, no worries. Um, okay. So seeing about 30 people come in to a challenge on a monthly basis. And then um, I think my question there was, are they coming in for like a, a set amount of time at first initially and then rolling into a membership after that? Yeah, so our challenges are usually about six weeks. So after that, we also get them with our um, more longer uh, time. And then they have the, uh, about 85% of our members stick through after challenges but um, they do have the whole length of their challenge to um, unsign up if they want to. If Got they like, don't like okay. me, don't like the music or whatever reason. Really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now what does the sales process look like? So a lot of personal trainers, a lot of gym owners are kind of afraid of sales. Like they don't like to talk about sales. They don't like to do sales. Um, but I personally love it. And that's what I loved most about being in the facility because I never really thought of it as sales. I just thought of it as, okay, these people are coming to me with a problem that they need solved and I'm going to solve it for them. And that typically changes their lives. So what does your sales process look like? How are people signing up to come in? Are they sitting down with you for a consultation? Kind of walk me through the process when somebody shows interest in either a challenge or a membership at the facility. So um, a lot of them have to like, I do do calls and like, it's mostly referrals. So when somebody does come in, they do a referral sheet of people who they think would like uh, to try Jameson Bootcamp. And then from there, I uh, send them a text and a call or sometimes people even will, uh, contact me on Facebook. And then I'll schedule them a tour and then I'll go over the facility, how our training works. Um, and just like all the results people are getting, how um, like the positives and people, things that people like about Jamestown Bootcamp. And then from there, I'll um, take them into the office and uh, get sign up with them. Okay. All right. So you're sitting down with them and having a one-on-one -on -one consultation and kind of going over their goals and what it is that they're looking to achieve so more of like a a diagnostic kind of sales approach would you say yeah okay all right and typically most of those people that you're speaking with are converting into some type of either a challenge or a membership yeah i i haven't had anybody come in for a tour that didn't want to like sign up for a challenge or a free week or something yet okay so if you could kind of provide a tip to somebody who is maybe uncomfortable with the sales process or a lot of people say, well, I'm just not a salesperson. Um, so if you could provide a tip to other people, other trainers, other gym owners that are kind of 
iffy on the sales aspect, what would that be? What I would say is like, I got lucky because the owner and me, like he set up all the systems. So I would just say, have a system and go through that be consistent and get really good at using that system. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge piece of it. You want things to run like a well-oiled machine. And if you have everything planned out and you can kind of walk through the steps, it makes things a lot easier rather than just trying to wing it. So Definitely. that's awesome. Okay. Uh, and now what are, if there are any right now, the main bottlenecks that you're experiencing within the business? So I think the main bottleneck is, hmm, I would say my time right now, because I did just get it. And yeah. um, it is tough to like every member that comes in here is signed up by speaking to the trainer or speaking to the owner. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little bit of a bottleneck. And then, yeah, that's the biggest one, honestly. Okay. So just your, your time in general. Yeah, because like I, most of the people who come through are from me calling them. And then after that, I set up their schedule. I set up their time that they could come see me on their schedule. And then I'm also a wrestling coach at the university across the street. Okay. All right. So you've got a lot going on. So you're yeah. taking every consultation that comes in the door? Yes. Okay. And are you training the team up to be able to take those consultations is that kind of what's happening or that's uh, the plan okay it just started so i'm still getting there but that's yeah. definitely a plan i want to train in a manager and then somebody i know personally i think i'm gonna be able to get here pretty soon and like they're the hardest worker i know so uh, hopefully they'll be able to help me out yes yeah absolutely that's that's super helpful because as the owner, there are so many things that you constantly have to pay attention to, you know, and if you're always in the business, taking consultations, training clients, writing programming, it's really hard to focus on the business and the growth and where you're going. If you're always wrapped up in the day to day inside the business. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So now as far as goals, go what are your main focuses now coming into this ownership position and kind of looking at the year ahead what are your main focuses within the business so i want my members to have been getting results because like it's still a very new gym we've only been doing it since october and right. like a lot of people are getting results and the people who have been the most consistent have been getting the most results but i just want to make sure that like I'm not doing anything that like would ever cause anybody an injury or like it's effective because people have goals. And I want to make sure that they can accomplish their goals. And then past that, I would like to um, just grow my clientele more because like our clients, our classes aren't packed yet. All of them. Yeah. Okay. So currently have 150 members. What is the the goal like the the unicorn goal is what i like to call it like what where would you like to see that membership number i think i'd be happy at 200 200 okay yeah. all right so now with the challenges that you're running and having about 30 new people per month on average come into those challenges what does your conversion rate look like post challenge or is it like 
40% of people from the challenges are signing up into a longer term membership or is it lower, higher? What does that look like? Well, before recently, it was about 85%, but in this last challenge, I'm not sure, it dropped a little bit. So now I think it's about 50%, but hopefully you can get that back up. Okay. Because at that rate, I mean, it would only take you like three months or so to get to that 200 member yeah. mark. And like we were saying, it's still pretty new. So it makes sense that I haven't been able to hit it yet, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now as far as your membership structure goes, so beyond the front end offers, the challenges, what does the back end of that look like? Are there longer term commitment memberships as far as like six months, 12 months? Um, how do you structure the memberships? So our memberships, uh, the vast majority of them are 12 or 18 month programs. Okay. And okay. that's basic, there's very certain special occasions but that's like less than 10%. Okay, so mostly a 12 month commitment or an 18 month commitment. Yeah, depending on them. Got it, okay. And do you offer um, paid in full membership options? Like can somebody pay for the full 12 months upfront or the full 18 months upfront and get some type of a discount or is that something you offer? I We haven't yet, the previous owner uh, warned me against doing that. He didn't really give me a specific reason. I haven't been able to talk to him about it yet, but we haven't been able to, we haven't done that yet. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people, this is probably his reasoning. Um, a lot of people kind of shy away from that because they're afraid of the reoccurring membership fees disappearing. However, it's really good to have front end cash because then you can feed that cash back into your marketing and you know increase your lead flow if you're throwing a little bit more money toward it you know and it it doesn't really cost you anything out of pocket if you're acquiring new clients they're paying upfront they're saving money and then you're able to feed that money back into the business to expedite that growth so definitely not a bad thing i think um and you can put a limit on it too. Like if you only wanted to sell five people per month on a paid in full membership, you're not really affecting the EFT. You know, a lot of people yeah. are just afraid of taking away from those reoccurring memberships. Um, but I mean, especially if you're at a point where 30 new people a month are coming in on a challenge, then it's not like you're uh, experiencing a lot of scarcity around people coming in the doors, you know? Yeah. So that, that might be his reasoning behind that. But I always liked doing it just to have that front end cash and to be able to feed it right back into the business. Um, because again, then you're not taking anything out of your pocket to grow the business. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So now uh, one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with, and you're new to the game still, but you've been in the management position and the in working your way up to the ownership position. So if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering kind of doing the same thing, doing their own thing, going their own way, what would that be? Um, hmm. I would say try to be the hardest worker, honestly. 
Because like yeah. if some if I wasn't like if I wasn't dedicated to Jamestown boot camp and like really working for it, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to own it. Matt saw me and saw my work ethic and like we we're friends now, I would say. And that's how the opportunity came to me. Right. That's awesome. Okay. So now what makes you most excited about stepping into this new role? Um, you know, for, for the year ahead, what makes you most excited? So I'm really excited just because of like all the support I got when like they found out I was opening the gym. Like there was, I haven't heard anybody say anything negative. I heard lots and lots of positive feedback from people, which is like super encouraging. It means like I'm doing something right. And like, yeah. And that's, and I'm really excited to see like how the gym can grow going forward and just like all the potential there is because I've never had something like or like w- the if I want to make a change to it I can make a change to it and hopefully it makes right it yes yeah absolutely and that was actually my next question are there any changes that you are implementing stepping into this new role so the first thing I'd like to do is have like a couple different levels of like clientele because there are people who need like more specific help who like might need a personal trainer rather than a group scenario. And so I think that is a good potential for Jamestown Bootcamp and a way to help the community because there's not a lot of like, there's not a lot of people here who like have a good expertise in like fitness around here. Okay. All right. So are you considering adding in personal training sessions as an offering within the facility? Yes, I definitely am. And it's a good way to like, because there's the way we do it, the group fitness classes, there's only so many hours to go around. And so that's a good way to also get my team like more hours, you know? Right. Yeah. And especially the off hours kind of midday when Mm -hmm. there isn't too much going on within the facility, because as far as groups go, it's typically early morning and then in the evening before work and after work. And then midday, you typically have some time there that's freed up that you could really take advantage of for personal training sessions. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Also, I wanted, like, I have, like, I'm training for a fight, and, like, so I'd like to be able to get, like, jujitsu here, probably, and, like, that type of thing, because there really isn't another place for martial arts in this town. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless you're literally a college wrestler. Right, right. Okay. And um, what's the timeline on that? Are are these things that are just kind of thoughts right now? Is there any plan of action there? Or are we just kind of bouncing things around right now? I think I'd like to do the personal training starting in early March. Because I already have somebody who like a potential client and somebody who I think I'd like to have work with them. And so that one, I think could we could get started pretty quick. The jujitsu yeah. thing, I've already talked to like my trainer who's 90 miles away and like I could start at any time. So I think mid-March is a good time because then the wrestling season will be over and spring break will have been over. I'll have gotten back from a vacation I'm taking. And yeah, from there we go. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of exciting things coming up for you. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. All righty. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? 
So Jamestown Bootcamp on Facebook, we have a page. Hopefully we'll be getting to a thousand members here soon. And then from there, we have an Instagram. It's also Jamestown Bootcamp and it will be Jamestown Bootcamp on TikTok. We just need a little bit more time. All right. Awesome. So Theo from Jamestown Bootcamp in Jamestown, North Dakota. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us, Mr. Eric and Miss Laura Heilman of Barbell Legion, an online business based out of Minnesota. Guys, how are you today? What's going on? Really good. Just trying to stay warm. Trying to stay warm. I think we gave that away when we said based out of Minnesota, people yeah. that listen that that know your part of the country probably have some sort of insight. But guys, talk to us about Barbell Legion, right? First and foremost, what is this business about? What do you guys do? We're an online uh, fitness company where we work with general population who have just general weight loss goals or general habit forming goals around their fitness and well-being and then the other half is competition prep so that's bodybuilding in natural federations we coach bikini figure bodybuilders so that's been really kind of the the backbone i would say is the competition side and then through that we've gotten a lot of our general population through just through the the referral process really yeah we also um have competed in bodybuilding are both natural pros and um have competed in powerlifting as well so i know that um it would be fun to coach somebody in the powerlifting space but mostly our general population clients have been more interested in their own personal strength training and not necessarily competition in that area yeah i think this sort of runs parallel to how a lot of like sports performance coaches get their starts. They want to work with people in natural interests like themselves, but the reality is there's just a lot more gen pop people out there than there is in these niche competitive sports that, that you guys find yourselves in. And so of course, we're always looking to take on show prep clients, take on bodybuilding clients, whatever it may be, but we can supplement that at times to your point with general population people just looking to be a little bit fitter, look a little bit better, a little bit healthier and live their lives, right? And so before we explore the business end of this and how you guys operate, take us into your 
time machine. Take us five or six years back before Barbell Legion existed and, and tell us a little bit about what made you want to start this in the first place. How did we get here? Well, for me, I've always had a, a fitness background. Uh, I became a type one diabetic when I was 10 years old. And that through that, I found fitness really helped manage it. And I just kind of began to love it even more, weightlifting in particular. So I have a master's degree in exercise physiology and began working in the gym industry straight out of grad school, um, directing personal training programs and then doing in-person in personal training as well. But that industry, I, I, I did get a little burnt out from the, the sales aspect of it with managing gyms and being my, my primary source of income was selling training. Right. And really just like the training part. So I got into health coaching, which is you know, goal setting. And it was definitely at the time kind of more my vibe. But then as years went on, I, I began to miss the the programming side of training and the, the in-person ability to connect with people on that specific, you know, strength goal or weight loss goal that I wasn't able to do on the telephonic coaching side of things, which is what I was doing. So that's, that's when it was around 2016, both Laura and myself decided we wanted to get into bodybuilding. We saw one of our good friends compete and we went to her show thinking we were going to see something completely different than we ended up seeing, which I think you can speak to a little bit more how we thought it was going to be like very. Um, I just expected it to be like my vision of bodybuilding was like, <laughs> I thought it was going to be objectifying as a woman, ah. but it was one of the most supportive environments I had been part of. And I was really surprised and encouraged to see the community of people that kind of came around and um yeah the camaraderie in the sure. sport jumping back though to i think a big reason why um eric initially wanted to start barbell legion was because the hours of personal training as you know um in-person personal training tends to be kind of erratic and so once he was able to get a full-time job with like more standard stable working hours then he could focus on barbell legion during his own time because we train clients virtually on an app so mm -hmm. that that's a big piece of why we started the way we did yeah. um, when we started mm -hmm. and so we, we put this business together to be able to serve the people that you had previously been serving right eric i mean you had worked with clients I think to, you know, to it, it really, I think our first clients were people seeing our transformations. Like I always thought, you know, I was in good shape, but then once I started into bodybuilding prep, I realized, wow, like where you can take the, the human body is, is pretty extreme. So you can, people start to see our transformations and just start asking questions. And then from there, it's people want help. Let's, let's start this up. And it, it went from what a Google doc <laughs> to, to what it is today yeah as most businesses go we sort of accidentally fell into I guess we're running a business now and so talk to us about how that evolved over the last couple of years right here we are five years later 
what's gone well for you, what hasn't gone well for you? Well, I can jump in too and say, this was like, obviously Eric's in the fitness industry. It was his big passion. I kind of fell into it as I was a general pop person. <laughs> I wanted to be healthier. I got inspired to compete and had my own transformation and realized um, my full-time job is as a career counselor. So um, with our first clients, I realized, you know, I, I was excited to be part of their process and help them on kind of the emotional side of things. Um, Cause making change is a lot hard. It's a lot, you know, harder said than done or harder done than said, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so we've evolved, you know, by becoming more of a team and taking on clients and, you know, he still does majority of the programming, but um, I've been able to kind of coach clients through some of the, the tricky parts of making habit changes. Really that mindset part of it. Just, yeah. Uh, and honestly, too, just being husband and wife um, with the female clientele, Laura steps in and it's, it's something that I can't necessarily always speak to in certain instances. So she's able to- Certain convictions that you don't necessarily have the ability for, right? And it just, it works out really well to, to have both of our voices in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like, I, I think some clients can find it to be more relatable to talk to someone like me, who isn't necessarily the person that's like, yeah, I want to get up and work out today, but I'm doing it anyway. You know, I got you. I'm the one that struggles with that. So I can understand where people are coming from in that regard versus right. Eric, like needs to be in the gym every, every day, or he doesn't feel like himself. Um, but yeah, getting back to your question, we started with, you know, Google docs, and eventually um, invested in an app that has helped us streamline the process a lot more yep. in terms of getting our programs in there and um, making changes, allowing people to track what they're doing so we can kind of communicate real time. Um, one of the big things I think too that we learned was uh, getting a better sense of how to, how to create accountability for folks. I think that's still an ongoing challenge. Um, people in the beginning say they want to make this change. We give them the tools and then they still struggle. So one thing we implemented that has helped a lot is creating a client check-in process, which we still do through a Google form, um, but we link that in our app. So sure. we have a series of questions that people answer about how they feel they did that week, what their struggles were, helps them start to think about what solutions they can come up with so that it's kind of self-driven. Yeah, um, that's been the really the, the challenge for online businesses like this is because you don't have that kind of face-to-face -to -face touch point, mm -hmm. how can we stay front of mind in the client and, and how can we build that accountability? Because the reality is, of course, we need fitness. Everybody knows that. Of course, we need good nutrition. Everybody knows that. This is kind of that missing piece mm -hmm. that gets really troublesome when it comes to online businesses. And it sounds like you guys have begun to tackle this, but still kind of deal with it ongoing. Is that is that about right? Yeah, I think it's always trying to find the right questions for the right individuals. You know, we have our general check-in form, but what we've come to realize everyone's 
got their own lives and everyone's so different. It's, you got to find what really resonates. And then um, when, when people are able to actually kind of verbalize what they're doing, that then gives us that the tools we need for that week ahead. Because even if when you're in person, if say you're training somebody three times a week for an hour, they still have X amount of hours in the rest of their week where they're having those challenges, but you at least have three hours to communicate with them. Whereas right. we being online, it's, you know, messages back and forth. I may not respond to something for a day, mm -hmm. you know, it's trying to get that real time. And and they don't always share things, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I, that was going to be kind of where I led this discussion is because like the sales process has to be entirely different with it being an online business as opposed to in-person as well. Mm -hmm. A good, good sales process, we can somewhat hope to uncover the, the deeper why, right? There's always another layer, always another layer, and that can kind of speak to accountability. But for you guys there's another level of challenge speaking to somebody through a screen or speaking to somebody over the phone, as opposed to sitting across the face for face to face. And so talk to us about how you guys bring on new clients, right? What's the typical sales process when someone reaches out with interest to them becoming a paying member? Yeah. That, that is something that's really evolved over the years that we've done it originally it was oh you want to be a part of Bar barbell adhesion you have this goal perfect here's the link sign up and then let's go but then we discovered really quickly that like laura said people initially they're ready to go but then you know a month in all of a sudden not communicating kind of ghosting and that kind of stuff so we we started almost an interview process we want to make sure right. that we're the right fit and that they're the right fit for us i think right finding our ideal client is something that we're still, you know, working on is trying to figure out um, that fit piece of things that we're, we're very quick to refer to. We have plenty of friends in this industry that if we're not the right fit, maybe one of them would be. Yeah. But, but, we're not afraid to do that because we ultimately, we want that client to have the best experience they can have the most success. And we don't want to be, in a situation where we are like working harder than our client to make this happen. Yeah. I mean, selfishly as business owners, like we don't want to go outside. Like you started this business for a reason. If we start going outside of that one step at a time, one step at a time, and suddenly five years later, we're working with people and hate what we do. We got lost somewhere, right? And so these are the little things that that keep you accountable as business owners more so than anything. Is this somebody that I can help? Is this person somebody that is going to benefit from our help? Yeah. Both of those have to be yes for a really successful coach-client relationship, if you will. I think that's one of the most important things like for new business owners to know it can be so hard to like, you know, you don't want to, it's really hard to give up a client, right? Like you don't want to say no to people, especially if you're trying to make money and right. have a successful business, but the, Certainly a double-edged sword, that's for sure. Yeah, but the closer or the better you can identify who your ideal client is and stick to that, 
the more successful you're going to be with that with those people and the more success you're going to have generally um absolutely and I, I wholeheartedly agree with you and to add even another layer of what we've been talking about the the differences between this being if it was an in-person brick and mortar fit business between being an online business finding that person becomes even more of a challenge because your market is earth mm -hmm. you have to you have to really really be specific and so tell us for you guys how you found success in the past marketing this to get in front of your ideal client well even just taking a step back i think going back to like how we bring people in there there is kind of a a step where we actually give us an assignment to a potential uh, client and we then schedule a meeting for a week out and we want you to accomplish x y and z in this next week to to yeah. know okay you're you're ready you're you're willing and you're capable proving if not, yeah if not we'll have the discussion saying like what is it that you're going to need to do to to be able to work with us because these right. are the expectations if you can't meet them you know within a week then it's going to be really hard month three yeah from a marketing perspective i think we've been lucky in the sense that a lot of our clients have been referrals most of them actually have been referrals from other clients or friends of ours um people that we've met through the bodybuilding community you know that's it sort of just happened <laughs> um that being said like when we've we haven't really tried a whole lot we haven't put a lot of effort into that because this is our side business and so sure. Um, when we have put more effort into it, we've gotten more clients, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, what I'll say about that, finding the ideal client to speak to that question is that it's been a moving target for us. <laughs> like, first of all, we're two people, we're different people. We work together, but his ideal client might be different than my ideal client. Right. Um, and so that's been something that we've been trying to sort out lately. Um, and even like, the types of clients that we have worked with in the past, like ones that we like things that we've enjoyed doing in the past have shifted and evolved over time as well. And so our ideal client has moved and shifted. Mm -hmm. um, at totally one point, understandable. At one point, all we wanted to do is general population. And at one point, all we do wanted to do is competition prep. And now we're kind of in a mixture of both and, you yeah. know, I have the people that I jive with the most and so does Eric. So that's actually been something we're still trying to figure out. Of course. And, and as it being secondary income, you guys have the luxury of doing that, right? If this was your primary income, people building a business, a lot of the time it's, we'll take anybody and everybody. And so yeah. and we take us into <laughs> the future for you guys then. What, what will be your focus as you go on? Are we limiting how many hours we put into this and keeping it as secondary income? Are we trying to build this up to eventually be primary income? What's that look like for you guys? That That's a conversation we've kind of had throughout the um, lifespan of Barbell Legion is do we want this to be full-time? Is it always going to be a side hustle? Currently, I think we've landed on this will be a side hustle for, for the near future and 
I think again we we just had a we have a six month old son so right now it's um, our I think priorities are a little bit the, the hours are he, he's our manager so he kind of determines the hours we're able <laughs> we'll to talk to the boss first right now um, yeah I don't know if we have like a great answer because it it has evolved almost on a yearly basis we try and decide what what it's going to be you know with when the pandemic hit it it impacted us in terms of our competition prep so then we kind of did try to get more general population now as more bodybuilding competitions start up and people want to start getting back to that we uh i personally would like to kind of shift my focus towards that again but i think really it's kind of it's TBD. We, yeah, it's it's <laughs> up in the air. Yeah, yeah, and I think that we have the privilege to say that. Yeah. Right. And I would too, like for folks who are thinking about this as their primary income, you know, it's it's a different conversation. It is helpful to be thinking ahead and to be clarifying that ideal client and really in terms of marketing, speaking to those like most pressing concerns that people have. Um, that's something that we learned to kind of through our research and some of the things we did as we were building our business, like when you are marketing yourself, you have to be speaking to that client and all of your content that you're putting out has to be in alignment with that um, yeah. and speaking to what their biggest concerns are, their biggest obstacles. And it it is helpful to you know, provide some like education. free education mm -hmm. on yeah. your platforms so that people can build trust and rapport with you. Um, and then they're more likely to reach out and seek out your help. Um, and that, that I think is how we approached it in the beginning and how we started to get a lot of clients is mm -hmm. they were genuinely interested in the content that we were. Right. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that goes back to old sales research that's been quoted time and time again, and it's the seven touch points before somebody is willing to invest with you. And the idea of giving away free content really plays into that. We need to get in front of these people. We need to interact with them. They're gone are the times when, like, see your point, Eric, we can't just send somebody a link. Here's fill out your billing info. Where's your credit card? All right, we're ready to rock. We need to have some sort of interaction with them prior to them becoming a paid client. And, and that's sort of a win-win on both situations because like you're like what you guys do, it's kind of a tryout period, good marketing. And, and that's what content really is. Good marketing should repel people who don't belong as much as it does attract people that do belong and, and so it's imperative that you guys are doing these content-based things consistently to drive real genuine interest and not just short-term temporary clients do you know what i mean yeah and that's i think what we've learned about even content is giving fr free content but then also asking for the sale too within your content every so oh, often yeah. to make sure because like i think originally our big mistake was just you're putting out um you know pitch, videos of you lifting videos of you posing all that kind of stuff but then it's like well what is this is this a personal account or a business yeah. account? So, feel the dreams right if, right if you build it and they did not come <laughs> yeah and it, 
like everybody's doing that mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know so like you know what is connecting with who you are as a person too people want to know the person behind the business mm-hmm. like who are you and um clients want to know that their values are aligned with who you are yeah. and that, that you're a real person that cares um, yeah. instagram is full of booty pics so don't just be another booty pick, basically. <laughs> Don't just be another booty pick. That is the best possible way we could cap off this podcast, guys. <laughs> As we uh, approach the end of our time here, it sounds like the future is sort of undetermined for you at this point, but we'll uh, we'll have to check in with you down the road and see what that is, because is it Gen Pop? Is it show prep? Will this business grow to potentially be one or both of your primary incomes we don't really know but the future will certainly tell and so guys it's been awesome to have you on i really appreciate your insight into how you operate barbell legion and i thank you for your time thank you thank you awesome so to everyone who tuned in we appreciate you as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry click the link in the description fill it out Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, owners of Graham's Fitness in Lawton, Oklahoma, Victoria and Adam McBride. How are you guys doing today? We're well. We're doing good. Doing good. Awesome. Excited to have you guys on today. Let's jump right into it. Tell me about Graham's Fitness, what you guys are all about there. So we're a full function gym here in Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, We offer personal training, group training. We have HIIT classes, STEP, um, glute classes. We really, our main goal is just to make fitness fun and bring fitness and a healthy lifestyle to the Lawton and surrounding area communities. Awesome. Sounds like a lot of thought has gone into that and it sounds like something People could get behind for sure. So we'll dive into a little bit more about what you guys offer and what you're doing there. But before we go forward, uh, let's talk a little bit about the past. This is um, a a relatively new business, a little over a year old. Um, You guys got together. It's kind of something that you've 
you brought about together. I think you said you married into the business sort of, or at least married into the dream. So give, give us a little bit of background for the listeners. Well, for myself, I personally, I married into Adam's dream. This was set long before I did. I just got to be lucky enough to be part of watching the dream come true. But Yeah, for me, um, back when I was in the Army, when I transitioned, I was like, man, I'm going to start really doing fitness and taking it serious. Um, I kind of I came up with my own logo, just wanted to do clothing and stuff like that. And then eventually, um, one day I was just like, man, I'm, I can't do the Army forever. Like, I have to figure out what's next. So... Um, I had got presented with the opportunity to buy a gym. It was a nice facility. I really did enjoy the facility. Um, the business just wasn't a good business deal. And then um, surely, so I met my wife, of course. It's our daughter, sorry. <laughs> Hi, daughter. <laughs> um, we had, so we were both training out of that gym. And then I told her what I wanted to do. And she was like, let's do it. Um, we signed the lease, and literally a month after we signed our lease, post uh, the nationwide shutdown, um, the gym we were training at actually closed their doors, and we literally transitioned from a closed from training at one gym to owning our own gym um, within, I would say, 45 days of her actually of actually us signing the lease to our doors being open. That 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 is a quick turnaround. So the. Uh, the dream came together sort of, you know, you had it, you had it percolating and then you thought you were doing one thing. Life says, no, COVID says this is happening, but eventually you you had found the spot. So you get things open. Um, what did, what did it look like for you as far as um, you found, we talked a little bit offline. You're in basically a, a plaza where you have, there's multiple units. So you've been able to pick and choose sizes and expand, but like, what was your vision when you started? Like, was there a certain, certain type of vibe you wanted to have like certain spaces where like some people say, I want to have a cardio area and a free weight area and a class area. Like what was, what was the vision for what you wanted to present when you opened up? So typically that's usually how most of us think like we wanted to have like a cardio room where people do all their cardio equipment, then um, just the weight training area. But I think for me, when I came to the design, I really wanted just a room where people would just do legs, like all a whole entire leg room. Because a lot of our gyms around here, they're basically your standard commercial gyms. Um, but I wanted something to bring something unique to our town that when it comes to like hard to find equipment or equipment that you only find in major cities. So when we, we kind of built out the gym, it was a cardio room, a room for us to do classes, the same space. And then like these two are the weight rooms. Um, but as we start to grow, we realized we, we adjust the vision from what we originally wanted. Um, like I said earlier, when we talked offline about expanding the extra 1400 square feet, that originally was our long-term goal, but we actually, we're able to reach that space to be able to do it a lot sooner than we thought. All right. Well, nothing, nothing wrong with exceeding your own expectations. I think uh, so much we hear about, you know, the journey of an entrepreneur and a new business is, is getting beat up and, and there's always going to be things that you don't, don't expect to kind of knock you back, but, but it's good to get a couple of those wins under your belt too, yeah. right? You just, Definitely. you just be taking L's all the time. Yes. All right. So did you, I kind of want to start at the beginning since the business is so new and a lot of this will be fresh. Did you guys do any sort of pre-sale before you opened up? 
No. We honestly really didn't have time. So we yeah, you opened mind, up quick. Yeah, in our minds, we just we were training at another gym. We thought we were gonna be able to continue being there and train while we had time to set this gym up and then basically a whole about 60 days was taken out from us and we wanted to hurry and open this so we went we found um a place in tulsa that sold a lot of commercial gym equipment we went two different trips ordered all our stuff they had it delivered to us within 15 days we had the construction that we had in here they had to do it extra quick fast, yeah. we we were in here helping, trying to get everything done, um, tearing down walls and flooring and putting things in. Um, so, yeah, we planned on having like a pre-sale and kind of a grand opening, trying to build a buzz. It didn't happen that way. We just basically it was word of mouth. All of our friends and people that we had trained, we told them, hey, our gym is opening here. They told their friends and it just really grew from there. I think for us, the huge benefit was is that we already previously had a reputation in the town. Um, just being involved with us uh, competing as natural bodybuilders um, and then me training and Victoria branching out in the training and Victoria had like such a great transformation and everyone knows like in the fitness industry um, when women have amazing transformations people tend to flock to that um, and that's essentially what happened and then um, every everybody we already had a strong reputation with teaching classes and stuff like that and it just kind of just flowed into us just being open like literally I told everybody hey this is the day we opening we put we've made the post on Facebook and Instagram um the the price of the gym the classes we were going to have and what day we open and from there it just started that's great and that kind of rolled right into um what I was going to ask next because it's like well you know life threw this at you COVID threw, threw all this at you and you guys just just rolled with it, got things going. And instead of just crying, what was me? You're like, we're just, we're going to do this thing. And you leveraged clients you already had, reputation you already had for, from being there in town. So um, I guess that's, that's a good way to get away with, you know, not having to worry too much about the stress of a pre-sale. So you open the doors up, you get that initial, you know, amount of people that come and want to sign up right off the bat. Um, have you had to do anything since then, or have you tried to have you tried to do anything since then for for advertising above and beyond that? Whether it be social media, Google ads, Facebook ads, community events, anything to continue to draw members into the club as that initial buzz, it, it eventually tails off. You guys are still kind of in the new stage, but like that's one of those things that sometimes people don't look at till it's too late. We've been running, so we typically, we run Facebook ads, um, and a lot of, we have a lot of uh, strong entrepreneurship, entrepreneur community who uses our facilities. So whenever they have events, um, me and my wife try our best to be present. And for the most part, uh, we are really present at a lot of events. And then if we're not available for events, um, we have one, one trainer, yeah, the trainers will go out there, like, somebody, hey, I want you to come out here and, like, kind of, it's, like, things for kids and work out with the kids, um, and if we can't make it because of prior other engagements, so our trainers will go out there and um, just basically network on our behalf, so, I mean, we network, I feel like we network pretty well. Well, that, we also do a lot of challenges in our gym, we have a lot of giveaways, um, and some of them you have to be a member, so we have some every for each of our trainers whenever it's their birthday our our thing around here is we customize a pair of shoes 
And so in order for you to be a part of it, it's usually, it'll be 30 minutes of exercise for 30 days, whichever trainer it is, they'll have a hashtag, they design their own shoe. Um, so everyone will enter that, but you can only be a member to win the shoes. So we've got members through that. We also, um, we have once a year at the beginning in January, we have our Be Relentless Challenge this is our second one. That one is open to the entire community and outside of it, but we get a lot of business through that. So it, you buy into it and it comes with an ebook on nutrition and it comes with workouts and all of that. And so, and you check your progress and the winners we have for, you know, pounds lost, body fat, biggest transformation. The winners will get the prize money from that. But we've also, that's a way that we get out is really a lot of our, um, advertising and work and whatnot comes from Word. our clients, our clients and gym members being part of the challenges because people will see a lot of the hashtags or the videos or things of that and they want to know what it is or how they can be a part of it. And I find those to be more effective than like our Facebook ads. Yeah. They honestly, they get more engagement. Right. You got, there's a lot packed into there and I'm going to try to do it justice with a, a couple of follow-up questions um, and comments. First of all, I love the idea of the, the birthday promotion, the customized shoe. Uh, when I was doing my research for the podcast, I saw that, you know, I, I think you just launched one a couple of days ago. It was on your Facebook with a, yeah. a, a picture of it. So it's it's out there for the visual. As far as the uh, the challenge with the ebook, nutrition guide, all the, the other stuff that you do there, where did that idea come from? Is that something you saw other local gyms doing? Is that something that, you know, you, are you guys like reading, you know, different like uh, training materials or, or tutorials in, in the fitness business? Like that's, that's probably higher level than most new fitness business owners get to. So where did that stuff come from? So in 2018, the gym that I was previous at, um, I put together my first uh, New Year's New Me Challenge myself um same thing it was a, it was a 16 week 16 week program i did an in-person nutrition seminar i gave away workouts i did check-ins with people um honestly i just just following the fitness industry for a long time and seeing that just different areas run it ran the ran that did challenges um those were the biggest things and then like the first uh, Grand's Fitness Challenge I ever did was a Grand's Fit 30. It was going into my 30th birthday, and I gave away a uh, custom pair of Nike Vapor Max um, for for my birthday. But um, I'm just we're just big on giving away. Um, I didn't, and I did just listen to um, the name. It's like I think the name of the book is called Gym Launch, and they were talking about um, challenges and stuff. A lot of stuff that I learned in Gym Launch, the book. Um, was think, realizing that there was things that I, were, I was already doing just inherently because I looked at myself as a consumer and what are things that would draw me into a facility um, in that space? Like how, how would I want to be involved in, in it? And just being in the Army, we did a lot of challenges in the Army. Like the Army just did a lot of challenges. Awesome. So fitness business experience, drawn on some of your military experience. I mean, the I'm a little biased when it comes to the gym launch book. Um, you might find my name in there somewhere if you, if you look. Uh, we won't go too far into that. But yeah, when the when the business, when the biggest fitness business coaching in the industry has a book and you look and you recognize that you're doing some things, like you said, kind of inherently, and maybe you can wrap a system around it or maybe 
you say, oh, this makes sense. This I knew this worked, but this is kind of some of the theory behind it that helps to reinforce it. So I, I love that you have that awareness and are continuing to educate yourself as far as the business goes. So that's that's fantastic. I want to talk a little bit about uh, what you're currently offering for services in the gym and what that may look like in the future. And, you know, for our listeners, I want to remind people this is a gym that's you know a little bit over a year old. So you can't try everything right away all the time, but curious to at what stage you're at. So as far as training goes, what types of offerings do you have between like groups, semi-private, private, open access? What do the actual training services look like right now? Uh, so we do offer personal training, one-on-one uh, -on -one individual or uh, group training. Typically the group training is usually two Typically, you usually have three people. You have three people. One, two to three two people. Three people. For, and then he has his own I have a small a, group. Yeah, I have a small, a semi-private group. for, um, And it was designed for just for strictly for women um, to really acclimate them into weightlifting. So that way, um, to help remove the intimidation factor of going to a gym and lifting weights. Um, then we offer group fitness classes. Uh, and those are open to the community. Anyone can come and attend the group fitness classes. And then also uh, one of our, we have an instructor who teaches extreme hip hop step and extreme burn. Um, that's more or less like the aerobic, the aerobic side of the house. Um, just dancing, using music for aerobics as opposed to just our typical, our, our standard uh, hit classes where we're either using more cardiovascular or more of a strength base to uh, get a good workout in. And then we also have Valencia's class. She oh. has a glute specific. It's just solely for glutes and hamstrings, which, you know, summer's coming up and, and women in general, that's like the one spot they're always trying to hit and make grow. So she does yeah. those. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've heard people uh, give those all different types of rappers and different names, but whatever you want to call it, people, people want to work it. So you have these different service offerings. As far as your, you know, one of the things you said um, was you have this women's specific small group that serves as kind of an introduction to weightlifting, strength training. One of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot is where it's executed. Do you do this out on your main gym floor? Do you do this in a separate space? Is there any intermingling of that that might allow people who aren't in the group to see what's going on from kind of arm's length? Yeah, so I do it in, in our cardio room. So our cardio room is designed as cardio on the outside and it's a huge open space in the middle. That's where we have our um, all our classes. So, I mean, people can come in there, they see me training with, with the group um, inside inside the space. And typically we use dumbbells and barbells. Um, we venture out sometimes. Yeah, and we do venture out sometimes. Like if the gym isn't too crowded, um, typically it's Friday, typically Friday nights if the gym isn't too crowded. We'll venture out into some of the machines that we have in the gym um, to kind of just get them familiar with the gym equipment. So that way, if they ever feel comfortable enough to branch out on their own away from the group session, they know how to use the machines and they don't necessarily need me during um, their own personal time when they come to the gym. Okay, so there are opportunities for a little bit of visit. Well, there is visibility because the people in the cardio can see it, but kind of a little bit of crossover, just maximizing that exposure for people that might be intimidated or might be too curious, but not quite ready to say something. They can, they can at least put an eyeball on it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Anything else 
in the works for you or anything else that I know we're talking about you just added another another unit another 1400 square feet to your facility um, as far as service offerings is there anything else that you want to be able to offer in the future yoga we're, it's it's hard to find a yoga instructor yeah, we've, we've been trying but really um we want to get more into we have a lot of we have you know the gym and the weightlifting and the hit we have all that covered but we want to start really showing people and promoting more of like recovery so the stretching and mobility things that people don't necessarily appreciate like they should i know i don't stretch as much as i should and so bringing things like um yoga or pilates things of that nature into our facility i think would be a huge benefit okay do you think that as you grow and time goes on that you might ever incorporate any different types of um, recovery products like cryo or uh, compression or even uh, you know massage in-house anything like that to um, to add on as another offering or do you think that's going to be outside the scope of of what you want the gym to be i think as space as space allows just simple things i i mean cryo would be fantastic but yeah. even like a an in-house massage therapist, or we spoke with a chiropractor about doing offering a certain set time once a week that he would come and be in-house to do adjustments for people. Um, so chiropractic care, massage care, even like an ice bath, those would be as space allows. Yeah, cryo, cryo is a, a cryo and compression is few and far between here in our town. Like, mm -hmm. there's only there's one place that does have it. We have one place with compression. The can have cryo too. They don't use it. They don't advertise it. The other gym. Oh. Yeah. They don't advertise it. They oh. they miss that. They miss out on that part. Like they don't advertise it enough. Um, though we're though we're a small town, we're what I learned here is we're big on athletics, and everyone knows that athletics. The biggest thing about athletics is recovery more so now more than it is the actual action because athletes want to play longer they want to recover faster and be able to be fresh always um so cryotherapy would be good cryotherapy massage therapy and chiropractic which we do have regular chiropractor regular chiropractor and a regular massage therapist if people come in here and they ask us we do have regular people that we always refer, uh, to. refer to in these people that we use also um, and even like, and not even just that, eventually another piece would be to add, a, um, we, we already offer supplements, um, but it's really just to get deeper into specific supplementation that help that add an extra health benefit, um, to people when it comes to fitness, not beyond just a simple, you know, the pre-workouts and stuff like that. Um, really getting deeper into like, uh, different vitamins and stuff like that. So. I just want to backtrack a minute. So as far as the, some of the other professional services like Cairo massage right now, it's a matter of, you do have some strategic referral partners mm -hmm. and then as space allows, maybe some other things. I mean, the town, as you said, it's, it's not a big city, but there's a hundred thousand people. So there potentially is yeah. room in the city for somebody that provides that if, if you can execute it and show people the value. And then as far as getting into the area of, of supplement sales, um, it's something you haven't, haven't really gotten too far into, but you want to, 
Yeah, we, we, we carry like, um, and I always call it basic because these are basic things when dealing with clients that I always recommend, um, whether it's just creatine, multivitamins, um, pre-workout, pre uh, yeah, EAAs, protein powder, thermogenics, um, and we carry, everybody carries energy drinks, mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature, just like the baseline stuff. Um, but in the future, we just look forward to getting further into um, performance, performance supplementation. Yeah, as when supplements come up, you know, I'm, all, I'm always seeing both sides of the industry. I feel like the people who really love and embrace different revenue streams, different things that they can add value to the clients, and then some people that that have gotten trapped up in what some of the, the headaches can be with it. So, um, you know, some of the things that we see with supplements and, and it, um, uh, take this for what it's worth. I think that if you can execute it well, it's a great idea, but I'm always interested in people's ideas of how they combat, you know, things like price competition from GNC, from Amazon, from, from vitamin shop, having to have, you know, huge inventories, in stock, um, trying to pick to pick and choose the right things, right flavors, right mixes, and then the amount of time that sometimes, you know, it, it's cool if somebody comes to your counter and says, hey, can I get a bucket of that protein? Boom, you swipe the card, you're good. But a lot of times it's a, it's a major time investment for, for a thin profit margin for, you know, industry average, somebody buys something from you once or twice and, and then that's it. So have you guys had any ideas? Have you sat down and thought about some ways you might combat that? Well, the huge thing for, for me, um, not just for me, for us, I pretty much, I don't carry, even the stuff we carry, I don't carry or recommend things that I don't, I don't use or I haven't tried. Um, and so because I have it on, usually I have it on hand. If somebody's like, hey, do you know a good pre-workout? I'm like, hey, we got this, but I say you can try a scoop first. I got a scoop, you can try it. So I always add a sample. Granted, I'm that's not really losing money because I buy it for myself anyway. And I'm okay. And I understand like most of us, we want to try stuff first. So even when we get into the prop to the to the battle of the the competition, most comp most people, most companies around, most supplement companies who are like uh commercial as far as like the big brand uh supplement companies. They tell you stuff that they read in a book. I tell you stuff that I can tell you firsthand from my own personal experience. And that's what I kind of bank myself on. And when my clients, we talk about supplementation, I always recommend a specific supplement or not a specific brand, but even I run with a specific, like creatine, for example. Like you can get creatine anywhere. I said, but I got creatine right here. And because of the convenience of them already being here, it's, it's an easy sell because of the convenience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it sounds like, you have, you've, like everything else we've talked about so far, you've put some thought into this. You're kind of weighing pros and cons. You know what you can stand by, what means something to you. And you can, you can have a conversation, not, not just with education, but also conviction behind it in, in belief in what you're doing. Yes. Awesome. So the last thing, and I wish we had more time to touch on this because um, it's, it's hot topic for every industry right now, but especially fitness you so far, besides the two of you working in the gym, you have, um, another staff member, you have four trainers. Um, but the, the never ending search for, for good staff to have in place hits the fitness industry as hard as anybody else. So what's worked really well for you so far. And, 
And are there specific positions where you feel like you're bottlenecked in getting people in place? And uh, if so, what ideas do you have there of, of where else you might go? So I think really for us, our hardest one is just um, trainers. Surprisingly, it's easier for us to find trainers than to find like a second person to just kind of work and clean the gym. So I would say finding just honestly like gym help or I guess I would say front desk work, yeah. I guess. Um, that's been the hardest. And then, and I, I think it's because, you know, it's not a, a high paying job and it's not, I think a lot of gyms have that issue because either people are more comfortable not having to come to work or there's so many other places that pay higher. And so, I mean, being a small business, we, we're not going to be able to keep up with like the $15 an hour McDonald's rates and stuff like that. So it's really that. And for us, I think as we start to grow, finding more trainers, um, especially female trainers, I've learned that is the hardest to find in our area. I'm not sure if it's like that for everyone, but female trainers are very difficult to find. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think depending on the area and, and if you guys are only having trouble with female, I'd say that puts you a little ahead of the curve, but it, it still doesn't, doesn't help you much right now. So trainers, you, you've at least had some success with, um, as far as staff goes, the first thing that I always ask people, and this is usually the biggest needle mover is, you know, in a general access gym, like you have a lot of times we get clients that are, you know, coming from all walks of life, anywhere from your, your high school kids to, you know, to college, to, you know, people who have different, different careers or, or different areas where, um, you know, they're already in our ecosystem and would love to get their foot in the door and learn a little bit about the, in the fitness business where sometimes it's not even the money we can pay them as much as experience or maybe some training or some gym membership. Is that an avenue that you've ever explored looking internally with people that might be able to fill those roles? We did. We had um, one of our former employees. She was a member here and then she was in high school and a high school athlete and fantastic as well as our other staff member as well. Um, but as you know, it's her senior year. So towards the end of the year, when life starts to come at you, the schedules just didn't line up with her sports and stuff. So that I would say when with hiring um, our young younger, it's just really if they have school or sports or things of that nature, it kind of conflicts with their ability to work here because Obviously. It can be a little, a little transient, a little unreliable. I guess the, the, the other part that I have there is um, being a larger membership number gym. Do you maintain a private, like members only Facebook group or any type of group anywhere that is only is only open to your members? Or I guess a public group too would would potentially work. But in this case, I would think more of a private group. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that. No, that would be something. So yeah, that's one of those things, um, and, and we, we're just uh, against it for time, but um, you know, being that you want that community feel, that kind of know everybody feel, um, yeah, it is a little bit of work, but you can kind of get at it whenever you want. Um, you know, people, I see a lot of gyms, they'll have a private members only Facebook group where now they can, they can do two things. They can give value, they can, you know, put you know, Victoria's tip of the day in there and, 
XYZ little things, a nutrition tip and give value, but also you can stay in touch with the community for, let's say you do have a challenge or a promotion. Now that's one more way that they get to see it. Or if you're looking for some help in a different position, hey, we love you guys, right? You're our people, you're already here. Before we go outside out of the community, does anybody here have interest or mother, sister, brother, husband, son, whatever it may be, send them in our direction. And, and we can get into the weeds with this stuff as far as referrals and, and bonuses and, and payouts and stuff. But the people that already know, like, and trust you are going to be a huge resource. And it's a great way to tap into them to get it started. You know, you start the, the group, you send, you know, you put something on your front door, Hey, join our Facebook group. You know, if you really want to get people in, I know you guys are big on giveaways. Hey, one of the first 500 people that signs up into our group is going to get whatever, something, whatever you think is valuable. So probably another good place to go with that. So, um, we, so hopefully that'll, that'll be a little bit of a helpful idea for you. Um, last question, I guess, before, uh, before we get to wrap up and let you guys go, um, you've been open a little bit over a year. You guys are, you're crushing it. You have a, a lot of, your foundation is super solid and I'm sure you only add things on top of that. So if you both want to crack at this, you can. I'm always interested. What's the biggest lesson you've learned in the time that you've been in business? Anything you'd want to go back and tell yourself on day one or anything that you feel like you'd, you'd want to tell somebody else about opening up, getting this new business off the ground? For, my, for, me, for me, I would say... Um, know what you need before you go in like don't assume that you need everything i think for me the biggest thing was we had a full staff when we first opened up one of the staff members my potential his potential was my goal for him was a transition from being a staff member to a trainer um a lot of the times i was paying the staff out of my own pocket um i was training one of my clients will cut me a check for their training sessions I would turn around and pay my staff with that. I'm not saying don't do that, but if it's something that you can control where you don't have to, if you don't need four people, don't hire four people. If you feel like you can cover some of the base, cover some things up yourself, do it yourself. Um, I think that was my biggest issue going in was I really was doing everything. Like I, like I wanted a full staff and I still wanted to have a break, but like in the beginning, you're not gonna have no break. Just be okay with not taking a break in the beginning and save yourself uh, financially on it in that space ahead of time got it so be staffed but don't be overstaffed yeah got it anything to add back there um really for me my takeaway it would be to really mine it would be give yourself the break don't go zero to a thousand <laughs> where you know you're like, this is the gym. I just opened it. They need to see my face. I need to be here 25-8. Like, you need that time away before you burn yourself out because then you're not able to give everybody the best of you. And learn to say no. Yes. And definitely learn to say no. Um, yes. That's, that's what I would say. I would say be okay with knowing that not every person is meant to be your clientele. Don't, uh, like, to just really stick with our vision as opposed to trying to adjust to mold and try to fit everybody in because we're not meant for everybody and that's okay. Absolutely. Can't be, you can't serve everybody 
at the highest level. So you might as well pick the people that you enjoy the most and yes. make your business out of that. You'll be happier. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So final thing before I let you go for our listeners out there, um, whether it be, you know, they want to check out what you're doing, they're another business owner, maybe they're a trainer, maybe somebody in the area, whoever it may be, if they want to find you, what's your social media, what's your website? How do we find Graham's fitness? Uh, you can follow us, find us. Our website is www.gramsfitness.com. Um, our gym website is Grams Fitness Training. I mean, our Instagram, Grams Fitness Training at our Instagram, Grams Fitness Training. Um, same thing, Grams Fitness on Facebook. Or you can find me on Instagram as Grams underscore fit or Adam McBride on Facebook. Mine would be uh, Victoria McBride on Facebook or Victoria on Instagram, but it's V-I-K-T-O-R-E-I-A. That's with a name spelled like that. You don't have to fight for anything. For, for sure. And a lot of those links are at the Grams Fitness, G-R-A-M-Z fitness.com. Grams yep. with a Z. I appreciate you two being on here with us. It's been great. I look forward to uh, checking up with you in the future. Thank you. We appreciate you having us. Thank you. And to everyone out there listening, we appreciate you. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.